Somebody give them a hand clap of praise and a shout of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I feel the presence of God. Amen. I feel a, a residue of what we felt here on Sunday, and I am so grateful for it. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 22. Hallelujah. Now, I, I just feel tonight to take a little step back from our teaching series. We've been teaching on excellence, and uh, we, will, we will get back to that uh, here in, in the next little bit. But I just felt tonight to take a moment and step back from that. And I didn't really come to teach here tonight. I came to preach. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll have a lot more teaching on Wednesday nights in the future, but that doesn't mean we ain't going to have some preaching either. Every so often we need just a good word from God, and, and uh, I want to be a blessing to somebody here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's not forget again this Sunday, teaching is going to be at 115. You don't want to miss it. And then 230, Brother Sam Silva, Pastor Sam Silva is going to be preaching. How many enjoyed when he came last time? I'm going to tell you, he brought a word from God. Hallelujah. So make sure you bring your friends, bring your neighbors, bring a family member. Find somebody that's lost their way, amen, and bring them to the house of God. Bring them back to the house of God and expect God to do great things. And somebody said amen. Hebrews 11 and 22. The Bible says, By faith, Joseph, when he died, made, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. He made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, and then he gave commandment concerning his bones. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Faith doesn't forget. Faith doesn't forget. Would you set your Bibles down? And let's pray all across the building. Come on, would you lift up your voice like a trumpet? and begin to call on the name of the Lord. God's going to renew some faith for some folks here tonight. Hallelujah. There is power already in this building. God is going to bless. God is going to touch. God is going to heal. Somebody lift up your voice and just talk to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're praying for renewing here tonight. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah, of every promise, of every vision, of every dream. Hallelujah, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. Somebody worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, give him a hand clap of praise. Oh, come on, I think we can worship him a little bit more than that. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Greet your neighbor in the name of the Lord, and you can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. I was here at the church yesterday praying, and I felt to preach to somebody here tonight, and maybe, maybe to everybody, who knows. But I felt to preach faith doesn't forget many under the sound of my voice here tonight, the life of Joseph is really a Sunday school favorite. Many people know him by his coat of many colors. We know him as being the beloved of, of Jacob's first wife, Rachel. We know him as the boy that obtained favor of his father and the envy of his brothers. Many people would love to sit in Sunday school and and draw his coat of many colors and begin to color out and imagine what it must have looked like to, to Joseph to have this coat and to be uh, given something that the rest of his brethren were not given and, and to see how they didn't like him for what he had. And that's really how envy works. Envy works where you there are the haves and there are the have-nots. 
And the have-nots are always looking at the haves through eyes of hatred. And, and let me just help somebody here today. You'll find that, that a theme throughout the book of Genesis is, is the word envy. And, and you've got to be careful that you're not envious of other people when they're blessed. Amen. Let me say that again. You've got to be careful you're not envious of other people when they're favored. In fact, it's that favor that you ought to think to yourself, whatever they did to get that favor, me too, Lord. We've got to have that kind of mentality in the house of God that doesn't look down on anybody for being blessed, doesn't look down on anybody for being favored, but instead it says, God, uh, don't pass me by. If you're blessing, uh, bless me too. If you're favoring, somebody say, favor me too. If you're healing, guess what, God? I need a healing too. Oh, somebody shout and give him praise. Hallelujah. But it was the fact that Joseph was favored of his father that made his brothers envious. But not only that, we know Joseph is a dreamer. He was blessed with dreams from God. So not only is he favored of his earthly father, but he's got some sort of spiritual favor with his heavenly father. He dreams two dreams, and these two dreams are seemingly insignificant when you look at them at first, but when you begin to look at them through the supernatural, you will begin to see that they mean a whole lot more than just bad pizza. Amen. They are important dreams because in these dreams, he seemed to be over his whole family, and his brothers are bowing before him. And now he has a second dream, and now it looks as if his father and his mother and his brethren are all bowing before him. You see, there's a lot we could preach about those two dreams right there. You could look at it from the Old Testament, and then you could look at it from the New Testament, and, and you could see the, the tribes of Israel bowing, and then you can move to the New Testament, and you can see the church looking at this man that is going to get his brethren out, and you can see the typology of Jesus Christ, and everybody is bowing before him. Amen. But you look at these, and and, and, it, and, and to his brothers, through their natural eyes, they weren't looking at the spiritual interpretation. They were seeing this as their brother's way of rubbing the favor of their father in their face. He was the, the son of Rachel. And now the, the sons of Leah are looking and saying, you're just trying to find a way to look like you're better than us. You already got a coat that's better than ours. You already got favor that's better than ours. And now you've got to come and act like you've got more than everybody else. And, and let me help somebody. When you're already fighting your, your envious side, uh, you start looking at everybody through a hurt lens. Uh, hallelujah. I'm going to help somebody tonight. You, you got to be careful that envy doesn't become your glasses. And, and everybody you look at, they're looking at, at how they can hurt you and how they can offend you and how they can afflict you. Not every dream is there to offend you. Not every dream is there to hurt you. And let me put it this way, not every dream's about you. Hallelujah. Sometimes people, they hear from God, and they just want whatever God wants for them. They just want the favor from God. They just want the blessing of God. And they're not even thinking about you in the first place. So let them dream. Let them believe. Let them have faith. Let them. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him. The Bible says after he dreamed, his brothers hated him yet the more. Amen. You just, you think you're hated now, just start putting out your dreams. You think people despise you now, just tell them what you think God's going to do in your life. See, you'll find out who really has your back. It's not when you're broken, when you're down and out. It's when you start, you start telling people, I feel like God's taking me to another level. Oh, let me help somebody. Can I preach to you? You start finding out who your friends are, not when you're broke. You start finding out who your real friends are when you're blessed. You start, you start finding out who really cares about you when God starts using you. You start finding out who, who God really, oh, come on, who's really been put in your life for a reason and those that were just there for a season. You start finding out who really has your back when God starts using you, when God starts blessing you, when God starts favoring you. Amen. 
You'll find out who your real brothers and sisters are. Because you find out there's people that are all right when you're as broke as they are. Oh, I'm going to help somebody tonight. You find there's people that are always there for you as long as you're less anointed than them. As long as you're less gifted than them. As long as you don't have a position over them. You start finding out who really is there for you when God starts elevating. And they're there not looking for ways to yank you down. But they're saying, thank God, I've been waiting for that to happen. You know, you deserve every bit of that. Oh, somebody. Maybe you haven't lived there, but some of us have lived there for a while. And let me help everybody that's lived there. And you had dreams, and you've been blessed, and God has helped you. And people have come by like the proverbial crab in a bucket, and they try to yank you down and tear you down. Let me give you some faith. Let me give you some encouragement. You keep climbing, honey. You, you keep dreaming. You keep believing in God. You keep... You keep being blessed. You keep being favored. And let the haters hate. Let the doubters speak their doubt. But you keep on having faith. You keep on trusting. You keep on working. Oh, somebody praise him. Oh, take about 30 seconds and worship him. In spite of what everybody said, they might hate you yet the more. But God's got favor for you. God's got blessing for you. They look at this, and they think it's Joseph's idea. You know, the very things God uses people in, you've you got to be careful not to think it's their idea. It was God's dream, not Joseph's dream. Oh, hallelujah. It's a lot different when you got your own dreams. It's a whole big different story when God is putting those dreams there, when God is putting those visions there. Anything that helps the kingdom of God move forward, I want to tell you, that's not some idea somebody else drummed up. That came from the hand of God. I want to tell you, it's God that speaks in visions. It's God that speaks in dreams. It's God that shows what's going to happen. But on the... All these dreams come by. And his father's not really that spiritual of a man. His father's the ex-liar, cheating thief. And yet he tells his dream to his, his father. And the Bible says he, he, didn't, he, didn't just, he didn't just rebuke him over it. The Bible says his father observed the same. His brothers hated him yet the more for everything he said. But his father was just sitting back and saying, we'll see how this is going to work out because though he was a man that was not very spiritual, you see, he was one that had visions and dreams of his own. He was the one that saw angels ascending and descending on a ladder. He was the one that has experienced and encountered a wrestling match with God. And he understands if God's speaking, I don't want to get in the middle of it. If God's wrestling with my child, I don't want to get in the middle of it. Let me tell some parents here today, if God is working on your kids, you can sit back and say, you know, honey, maybe you shouldn't think about the ministry and you can tear them down, but you know the best thing you could do is just observe the saying, and if God's calling them, say, go ahead, honey, keep on dreaming. I believe in you. We are behind you. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't have all the answers, but this is one wrestling match I don't want to get in the middle of. I want God to call you. I want God to use you. I want God to bless you. I'm not looking to stop God's dreams. Oh, somebody praise him. Lift up your hands for just a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody praise him. Amen. But you know, the biggest problem that Joseph had made for himself is who he told his dreams to. You've got to be careful who you share your dreams with. I promise there's some folks I can tell what I have visions for the church and they'd be behind me. There's others I can't say a word because they might absolutely obliterate me for the things I think of. Hallelujah. And the dreams that come. But, you know, you just got to learn the art of who to talk to, amen, when you have dreams. Because you need people that are going to help your faith, not hinder your faith. You need people in your corner that are patting your head, wiping the sweat off and the blood off, putting on a couple Band-Aids. You don't need people that are going to beat you up while you're in the corner, kick you when you're down. You need people that are saying, hold on, you told me what God told you. Don't quit now. Don't give up now. You need... You need people in your corner that say, keep on, keep on keeping on, keep on praying, keep on fasting, keep on believing. Don't stop now because God's still working. Then his brothers, they're a little different though. 
instead of trying to help achieve these dreams, they'll sit back and watch for you to fail. Amen. There's people like that in life. They'll, they are not, and, then, and, then, and then when you succeed, they'll say, man, I knew you could always do it. Fake friends. They talk about fake news. Beware of fake friends. Hallelujah. They're just as bad. Hallelujah. But there are people that will come by and try to limit the dreams God gives you. There's people that will try to stop the dreams God gives you. And then there's the kind of people that will try to downplay and degrade the dreams God gives you. But, but regardless of what other people do, if God gave you that dream, you keep on dreaming. Said if God ever spoke to you, you keep on listening to the voice of God and not the voice of every negative Nancy. You just, you just keep holding on to what God said. You got to believe His report. But Joseph, you you could stop there and be great if all they did was talk negative. But people never just stop at talking negative. Joseph continues. His brothers become more and more envious of him. That. That he comes in the field to bless them, to let them know there's a word from their father to bring them some food. He's just trying to bless them. And, and, and they don't look at him through the eyes that he's trying to help them and he's trying to bless them. They still got these eyes of envy. And they look and they said, here comes that dreamer. And here comes that guy with lofty visions and lofty ideas. And they take him and they throw him in a pit. And they take that coat from him, the very thing that set him apart. And they rip it up, and they put animal blood on it, and they fake his death and go back to his father and say, your son has been mauled by an animal. But instead of killing their brother like they originally intended, they decided, we're going to sell this dreamer into a slave trade. And then Joseph ends up on the trading block where a man should never stand and no individual should ever be. And now he's being traded like a good or a merchandise. And there's a man by the name of Potiphar that comes by inspecting and says, you know, I'll take that one right there. And he picks up Joseph and takes him to his house and makes him a slave. And it seems as if he's got the favor of his father working again in his life because he showed up as a slave in Potiphar's house and and, and he thought, man, I'm going to probably die in that pit, but they pulled him out, and now he's in Potiphar's house, and I'm probably going to just stay a slave forever, but here he is in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar starts to elevate him, and God starts to bless him, and the favor of his father seems to follow him everywhere he goes, and now he's not just an ordinary slave, but he is now in charge of all of the slaves. And the Bible says that nothing went through the hand of of Joseph, nothing went through the hand of Potiphar. It all went through Joseph's hand, and there was only one thing reserved from him, and that was Potiphar's wife. And here he is now, a slave, but he was top of the slaves. Anybody ever felt that way? Hey, I'm, I'm number one slave. I'm number one servant. I'm number one on the bottom. Hallelujah. Hey, at least I'm number one somewhere. <laughs> but there he is, and he thinks to himself, you know, I'll probably. I could probably work this. He starts getting comfortable. I could stay a slave forever. I could hang out here. And then Potiphar's wife tries to entrap him. And she grabs his coat, and being the moral man that he is, he runs away from Potiphar's wife. And she begins to scream lies and deceit about Joseph. He's done this to me, and he did that to me. And now... Potiphar comes home and he's not happy. And Potiphar thinks to kill Joseph, but instead he takes Joseph, he strips off the raiment of being number one slave, and he takes him and throws him into a rat-infested prison. Anybody ever gone from number one slave to prisoner number one? <laughs> Hallelujah. And here he is in this prison, and it's stinky. And there's people there that are real criminals that have done wrong. And he's in a prison, no fault of his own, never did anything wrong in his life. He's just in prison for trying to do what's right and trying to be moral. And there's sometimes you'll find yourself in a prison for doing what's right. Mm -hmm. We like to talk about the prison for people that do wrong, but let me tell you there's a prison for people that do right. 
There is a place where people go when they're trying their best, and that trying their best is not working. It's not going good enough. And and here he is. He's in prison, and he doesn't think anything's going to happen. And, and this is the lowest his life could ever be. He thought the pit was bad. He thought being a slave was bad. But now he went from being in a pampered house of an Egyptian royal to now being in a rat-infested prison. And he thinks to himself, this is terrible. This is the worst it could ever be. But favor followed him even into the prison. And he starts to realize in his life, this wasn't the favor of my father. Because he went from being a slave to now he's number one slave. He's in charge of all of the other slaves. And anything that happens in the prison, the Bible says it was as if Joseph did it. And, and if anybody did anything wrong, they would beat on Joseph. And if everybody did what was right, they would bless Joseph. And that prison had never seen such a calm. And that prison had never seen such peace. And that prison had never been so blessed. Can I tell you, when you have the favor of God on your life, it doesn't matter where people put you. God will always elevate you. Hey, they can put you into a pit, but God can elevate you in that pit. They can make you a slave, but God will elevate you as a slave. They can put you in a prison, but God will elevate you in a prison. Because your favor did not come from who you are. It came from who he is. The favor is of God, and the favor is on your life. Oh, somebody praise him. just a moment lift up your hands and begin to worship him I'm preaching to somebody I don't know where you're at tonight but you might be in a pit you might be in part of his house you might be in a prison but I want to help you out here tonight the favor of God has followed you all the days of your life oh somebody worship him and he sits there in prison and finally he's number one and he gets this wonderful opportunity. These two men come by. One's a butler and one's a baker. And the butler comes by and says, I had a dream. And something perks up in Joseph's ears. And he begins to tell his dream. And he begins to say that I was there before the king and I was serving him. And, and, and Joseph says, well, hold on. I know something about dreams. You'd have thought a long time ago Joseph would have given up on this dream idea. Come on, after being thrown in a pit, he'd have given up on the dreams. After being sold as a slave to Potiphar, he'd have given up on dreams. You'd have thought a long time ago of sitting in a rat-infested prison, probably spending weeks and months getting sick, he would have given up on dreams. But the minute somebody said the word dream, his ears perked up and something rose up in his spirit. And he said, I know a thing or two about dreams. And he begins to tell this butler, he said, the interpretation of the dream is this. In three days, you're going to get up out of this prison, and you're going to be before the king, and you're going to be serving the king. And you better believe there's a butlers hanging around that are saying, wow. The Bible says that when he heard, the interpretation was good. There's people only show up when they hear a good message happy message everything's gonna be all right and they'll show up to that kind of message i like that kind of message there is no conviction in that kind of message i'm excited to hear about this dream and he shows up and says i had a dream also he said i had some baskets of bread and the birds came down devoured the bread and then devoured me you know what the biggest difference between the dreams one was serving the king and the other one wasn't let me help you. Amen. If you want to live beyond tomorrow, you've got to have the king in your dreams. If you want to live to that future, amen, you've got to make sure God's number one. If serving God's not part of your dream, that dream didn't come from God. If serving the king ain't part of your dreams, honey, I want you to know that dream never came from the throne of God. It's not blessing. And he says, well, I thought the interpretation was going to be good for me too. Man, everybody gets something different out of the preaching. Some people get blessing because the king's part of their life. Other people feel condemned. I can't believe he said that to me. I can't believe he preached that to me because they don't have the king in their dream. All they can think about is how, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? You've got to be careful not to be that kind of dreamer. 
I digress. But here, he says, all right. And he says, looks at the butler. He didn't talk to the baker. <laughs> that baker, he knew your day's up. Three days, you out of here, and you ain't going to be happy when you get out of here. You'd rather stay in this rat-infested prison with the rest of us. But he looks at the butler, and he says, please, whatever you do, when you get out of this prison, don't forget about me. When you get out of this prison, please tell the king about me. Come on, let me help somebody. When God sets you free, don't forget about the people that aren't free yet. When God delivers you, don't ever forget about the people that lifted you up and helped you out. Oh, I feel like preaching here today. You got to make sure you remember those that were there getting you out of your prison. Your prison. You got to remember those that were investing in you, that were blessing you. Don't give up on the church now that you got free. The church blessed you in your prison. Don't give up on God. God blessed you in your prison. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, let's worship him. Take about 30 seconds and magnify him. Somebody praise him. Oh, come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and worship him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So much we could preach about that right there, but we'll leave it there. And the Bible says he got out of prison. Man, I just love the Bible. Because I've been in this position more times than I can count. And the butler forgot Joseph. I'll be honest with you. I've helped people. Amen. They were down the last time. And I blessed them. And all of a sudden they blessed and I'm broke. And they forgot Evan. I prayed for them when they needed prayer. But all of a sudden when I need prayer. They forgot about me. Anybody ever been there? I remember the times when I was there helping somebody else move, and then I had to move, and nobody was there to help me. Anybody ever lived there in a while? Amen. There's just, there's just those kind of people that will forget about you, and they will leave you down in the pit and in the prison, and they'll forget all about you. In fact, you'll remember, as you read your Bible, one of the main themes of Joseph's life, everybody forgot him. Let me help somebody. It's one thing to be in prison, and it's one thing to be a slave, and it's one thing to be in a pit and be stabbed in the back by your brothers and those that should have been there for you. But it's a whole other thing to go through all of that and have this in the back of your mind. Nobody remembered me. Everybody forgot about me. Everybody given up on me. Let me help somebody. you got to go through some of those times if you're going to be a child of God. you got to be willing to endure some of those times if you're going to be a child of God. If you're going to be used in every dream God promised, you got to be ready for people to forget about you they'll forget to pray for you they'll forget to bless you they'll forget to help you they'll come on they won't be there in your darkest time and you got to be willing to endure that in the prison to be in prison and be forgotten and say blessed be the name of the lord oh somebody praise him hallelujah Lift up your hands and let's worship him. I'm preaching to where somebody's living right now. You've been in a prison for far too long. And if that's not bad enough, it feels like you've been forgotten. Forgotten by everybody else and forgotten by God. But I've come to let you know you have not been forgotten. Hallelujah. And he thinks to himself, a month goes by. Maybe he hasn't. You know, maybe the timing hasn't been right. Two months goes by. Maybe, you know, maybe he hasn't gotten close enough to the king yet. A year goes by. And all of a sudden, Joseph just begins to give up. Two years goes by. I'm never getting out of this prison. The only ray of hope was that butler. And I invested in him. And I put my time and my energy here. That's my only hope. And he wanted to quit right there. If there's ever a quitting moment, that's one right there. For those of you that are resonating with the preaching, you've been where I'm preaching right now. I've been there too. Amen. You're feeling that. I want you to know if there's ever been a moment to feel like quitting, it's right there. When you are so close to getting free, so close to getting out, so close to everything happening in your life, and yet you're forgotten, and yet you stay right where you are. And other people pass you up. 
and get out before you. And Joseph's ready to quit. But there's something that will not let him stop. There's something that will not let Joseph quit. There is something that is going in the back of his head that is almost on replay. And it's, it's just going over and over and over again. I, I have no doubt in my mind as I read the scriptures that the dreams that Joseph had all those years ago are on repeat. And they're on replay. And they're going before it. I remember the sheaves bowing before me. And, and I remember the stars. They were making obeisance. And the sun and the moon. Everything was bowing before me and he begins to replay them all in his mind and he says I can't quit now because the dream is still there in my memory let's stand all across the building and sure enough the butler remembered Joseph and it was when a king was having a dream Hmm. You want to know why you are where you are? Because the king's dream's not ready yet. Hmm. Let me help somebody. You haven't moved forward as fast as you want. You want to know why? Because the king hasn't been dreaming yet. There's got to be some time frames in place. There's got to be some things that come to pass before everything else comes to pass. You want, you want to let me help somebody. If Joseph would have gotten free one more day than the king's dream, he would have been a foreigner in Egypt, an ex-convict, and he would have been on a few websites, if you know what I mean, as being an offender of something he never did. But the butler said, hold on. I remember there was a guy that got me up out of prison. There was a preacher in prison, hallelujah, that got me up out of prison. And I didn't forget about it. I remember today. And he said, hold on. Let's get him out of here. And Joseph, after he's about to give up and about to quit, he's sitting in his prison cell as these dreams are going around and around and around and around. And they say, the king's finally calling you. And he gets up. We don't need to go through the rest. He interprets the dreams. Everything's coming to pass. And in come his brothers. And you want to you know what kept Joseph all those years? It's the fact that faith doesn't forget. You, you might want to have amnesia, and you might want to forget everything, and you might want to quit, and you might want to give up, but faith says, hold on. I want to remember every detail of what God has promised, and it doesn't forget even to the slightest things. How do we know that? Because when they showed up the first time, Benjamin wasn't with them. And he said, this isn't the dream I've been thinking about. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And he said, you go back and tell Benjamin's here and tell everything. If I've come this far and almost all my brothers are standing there and the dream is almost in front of me and I've almost arrived. I didn't come this far just to come this far. I didn't just come this far and go through all that to quit now. The dream is not complete. Because in your darkest moment, when you want to quit the most, when you want to leave and do all these other things because you cannot endure any more pain, faith says, hold on. There was Reuben. There was Levi. There was Simeon. There was Benjamin. There was Judah. And they were all, and he goes through all of his brethren. And they were all bowing before him. And faith began to remind him of every single detail. And I'm done preaching right here. You know, when he first dreamed, he never saw a pit in his dream. Details you think God would have reminded him about. He never saw being sold as a slave in his dream. You think God would have told him in advance he was about to go through that. You would have thought God would have said, hey, by the way, before you get to the finalization of what God is promising to you, you're going to be a prisoner, and then everybody's going to forget about you. But God never told him that. All God told him 
is what he had to look forward to. Because he never saw the pit in his dream. He never saw Potiphar in his dream. He never saw the prison in his dream. But let me help somebody here tonight. He never saw a palace in his dream either. He never saw favor in his dream either. He never seen God come through like he would have never anticipated either. Lift up your hands and let's pray. There's people that have tried and thought about giving up, throwing in the towel, and quitting. But there's something called faith that doesn't have amnesia, that doesn't forget, that doesn't give up, that doesn't quit. And it's replaying everything. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray all across the building. But preacher, it's hard. I know. Faith says keep going. I haven't forgotten what God said. Come on, it's getting tough right now. I know, but faith says don't stop. The dream's not completed yet. And here he is at the end of his life, standing before his brethren who have all made obeisance to him. And our text says he gives commandments and he prophesies, Israel is coming out of Egypt. Hold on, Joseph. We got houses and land now. We're not a wandering people. We're finally blessed. And Joseph says, if I've learned anything in my life, there's one lesson faith has taught me. And that lesson is that it won't always be this way. And he said, I want you to know, you might be in a palace today, but you could be in a prison tomorrow. You might have a coat of many colors today, but you'll have slave clothes tomorrow. He said, you might be here today, but I want you to know there's coming a day where we're going to get up out of Egypt. And I want you to make sure you never forget my bones. You take me with you because I didn't come into Egypt to die in Egypt, to stay here. My dream was I was going to the promised land. Lift up your hands and let's pray. I want to open up this altar. Come on, let's pray. Faith is reminding some people of every detail of what God has spoken. God is reminding Apostolic Revival Center of every promise, of every dream, of every prophecy. And you better not forget, faith will remind you and say, keep on going. Come on, I want to open up this altar. Let's come and pray. You might be in a pit right now, but you won't always be there. You might be a slave right now, but you won't always be there. You might be in a prison right now, but you won't always be there because God's got more. Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battles won. Come on, church, pray. There's people being reminded right now, reminded right now, God's got more for you. God's got more for you. Don't stop where you are. It won't always be this way. Come on, remember, remember. Faithfulness, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. somebody don't settle for less than what God promised don't settle for less than what God has said come on you see it go after it you've been reminded of it go after it don't quit don't stop come on let faith remind you tonight Jesus you're still Promised. 
Somebody pray. God is able. God is able. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Press for everything God has promised. the building lift up your hands come on I came prepared to teach but God spoke to me yesterday to preach this to somebody there are some prayers you forgot you prayed there are some prophecies you have forgotten about that God sent a preacher to build your faith because faith does not forget it's beginning to remind some folks of that promise that he made all those years ago and he's reminding you of that prayer you made all those years ago and God is saying don't stop halfway don't stop where you are don't die in your pit don't die in your Potiphar's house don't die in your prison you gotta make it all the way lift up your hands and let's pray all across the building Come on. Come on, there's some folks. God has been speaking to you all night. Come on, he's been reminding you. Faith has been reminding you. Pray again. Fast again. Worship God again. Call on his name. Speak it in faith. Believe God. Come on, from your prison, I remember the dream. From your pit, I remember the dream. From that slave position, I remember the dream. From the palace, I remember the dream. Somebody remember what God has said.
Come on, all across the building. Somebody begin to pray. Come on, maybe you got to rehearse the dream out loud to yourself at night when it gets dark and cold. You do it so you don't forget. You do it so you don't lose your focus. You just keep reminding yourself, where I am is not where I will be. Come on, the best is yet to come. Come on, I'm moving forward because God's got more. across the building let's pray one more time before we're dismissed come on his promise still stands God has never changed his mind no not once somebody pray all across the building every word of God is sure every word of God is pure every word of God is true it's my shield it's my defense when God speaks, we believe it. There is no shadow of turning. His word is truth. We trust him. Somebody worship him. Let me help somebody here tonight. You know, it's a lot easier to just get settled. Well, it's just how it is. I'm in a pit right now. Just how it's always going to be. Well, that's what somebody that's full of doubt would say. But when you're full of faith, you say, I might be in a pit today, but I will not be forever. Do not settle for where you are in life. Let me say that again. Do not settle for where you are in life if you know God has spoken more into your world. Because whatever God says, it comes to pass. There's some folks that need to leave this building here tonight and go home, get you a journal. Every time God speaks to you, just start writing it down. Yeah. There's some folks that need to go back through some old journals, begin to read them. God spoke to me. God said it. Somebody said, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That's not true. God said it. That settles it. Period. You have no, no position in this. If God has ever spoken anything, uh, there's no shadow of turning. Uh, God doesn't change his mind. Uh, God is going to say it, and God means every word he says. But you got to go home. Go through some old journals. Hell, that sounds ludicrous. Yeah, I promise you. As your pastor, I have to do that a few times. Some folks, you need to do it a few times a day. Some people need to do it a few times a year. Depending on your month and your life, you got to go back and say, God, what exactly did you say? I'm in a pit right now. What exactly did you say? I'm in a prison right now. What exactly did you say? And if God ever told you that there's more ahead, do not stop where you are. Lift your hands and let's worship him. Hallelujah. God, I pray for every individual in this building. I pray, Lord, that you would increase our faith to be reminded of every word you've ever promised. Hallelujah. We are asking God every dream that you've ever brought into our life, every word you've ever spoken into our life, I pray that you would bring it to pass. Every word of prophecy that has come up pass on this church, I pray, Lord, we will not settle for less than everything you spoke. 
Give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Come on, let's leave this house with a shout of triumph. God's word is true. God's word is true. Somebody shout.